Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. So we are headed in to week four of the Breakfast Gobbler series. Um, This series has been really good so far. What do you guys think? Yeah? Um, It's actually kind of challenging talking about culture because we really enjoy hearing what Pastor John's saying and and he's passionate about it and we believe it, but the sucky kind of part is then we leave and it's on us, right? And so it is a a challenge once you walk home and so we, or once you drive home or walk home, but um, when he's been talking about exalting and enjoying God and last week honor and humility, this is a big challenge for myself, and I'm sure it is for you. And so we're going to go into another week, and we're going to have another challenge, and we're gonna talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about culture first, and then I'm going to introduce Pastor John. Um, so this famous quote that we've talked about, culture eats strategy for breakfast, think about this just for a minute. Culture is the reason that some of you love shopping in some stores and despise going in some stores. It's also why you might love a certain airline and maybe pass on a different one. Or what about family? It's why some families always have fun when they're together and others can't stand to be in the same room together. So like Dave Wells had shared, it's the air we breathe. It's life-giving. It should be life-giving. It shouldn't be toxic, right? So no matter how hard you work on your perfectly organized strategy, in the end, the people, so you, bringing it to life are the ones responsible for its success or its demise. So that's me, that's you, that's us as a congregation. So strategy focuses on resources and skills while culture needs engagement, passion, and execution. However, in the perfect scenario, culture and strategy actually complement and nurture one another. When they're in sync, they they enable each other to create this incredible transformation. So each church has a culture. Even the ones that are straight on Pine House here, they have a culture, and we have a culture. Um, If the church culture is healthy, amazing things happen. People are being loved there. They love being there. People grow. Great leaders come, and they stay. Your church becomes attractive to the community and more fully accomplishing our mission. A bad culture will consistently undermine even the most amazing mission, amazing vision, and amazing strategy. So culture is invisible, but it defines us. You can't see it, but it defines so much of what we are at the Neighborhood Church. So today I'm going to look at some scriptures. I'm going to switch it up a bit. And I think what I'm about to share is a culture that combines many of the things that we've actually already talked about, from exalting to enjoying to honoring to humility, and now we're going to talk about serving. So scripture repeatedly declares God's sovereignty. This is his universe. 
He alone holds the ultimate power and control over all that he has created. He is at work to weave together all the strands of history to achieve his purpose. And as Christians, as the neighborhood church, who have been called to partner with him, we are called to align ourselves with his goals and his methods. Jesus clearly proclaimed that we are to follow his example of selflessly loving and serving others, orientating our lives and leadership according to the values of God's kingdom rather than the values of this world. Seek first the kingdom of God. So in John 13, 15, Jesus sets this example for us. After washing his disciples' feet, this act of love and humility and service, he encourages us to follow his lead and serve one another. He actually says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So Jesus, the Son of God, the Most High King, the Lord of Lords, never placed himself in a position above others. He led by serving. He loved by serving. He washed feet. He fed thousands. He walked and visited and healed the sick and the dead. He stopped to touch a heal and heal a sick woman. He spent time with those who no one else wanted to spend time with. Jesus lived a life of humility. Jesus showed us that serving others and humility actually go hand in hand. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's from Philippians 2, 3 to 5. Serving others is more than just keeping up to your to-do list. To be a servant means we genuinely need to care for people. It's keeping our eyes and our hearts and our schedules open for divine appointments. Jesus was not stressed about time or what others thought of him or a list of tasks that he needed to accomplish in a day. Jesus was led by the Spirit of God and followed his promptings to serve and to love and to help others. No task was ever beneath Jesus. No one was ever unworthy. And I suspect that each of us really would like to be a part of that culture, that Jesus culture. You might say that you want to serve like Jesus, love like Jesus, be this Jesus culture. And with serving, I often find, and I have found in my own life, that my faith grows leaps and bounds when I do it. So there's this man named John Wesley. He's an 18th century preacher and theologian, and he was actually the founder of the Methodist Church. And when John Wesley questioned his own faith, he approached his friend, who was a bishop, and asked him if he should stop preaching. And this is what he said. No, John, preach faith until you have it, and then because you have it, you will preach faith. And I'm going to say the same thing about service and serving. If you lack faith, then serve until you have faith. And then because you have faith, you will serve. In Matthew 25, Jesus promised his disciples and us through them that in serving others, we are serving him. And sometimes as we serve others, he allows us this moment of recognition that is so clear that we're never the same again. And I don't know about you, but I long for the day 
that he could possibly say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. The neighborhood church, well done, my good and faithful servants. So we are to be a culture that honors and serves others, and when I say we, I mean you. I mean me, I mean you, I mean all of us. So now I'm going to welcome Pastor John, our lead pastor, up to continue the message, message number four of the Breakfast Gobbler, and he is going to teach us what it looks like to be a church that serves. Thank you, Pastor Yasmin. Jesus and his disciples had been spending an extended period of time north of Jerusalem in an area called Judea, pretty near to the Jordan River. And now it was time to make their way back to Jerusalem. And as he's walking on this hot desert road, the disciples are chatting, and Jesus tells them, on the road up to Jerusalem, because no matter where you're heading in Palestine, no matter where you're heading in Israel, if you're going to Jerusalem, you're going up. Jerusalem's the highest point of Israel. On their way up to Jerusalem, he says, uh, you guys, I want you to understand what happens when we get to Jerusalem. People are going to betray me. And... Uh, I'm actually going to get killed. And on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Pretty somber, serious, and yet revelatory statement. Two disciples hear that, and they start talking amongst themselves. They're actually brothers, John and James. I know Peter is thought of as the bonehead of the disciples, but, and John's kind of the sweetheart, but truth of the matter is John had his bonehead moments too. And they're having a little discussion here, and they're talking about uh, what they want Jesus to give them. Jesus hears the discussion and says, what's going on here? And, and uh, what do you want from me? And, and they said, well, it, it's like this, Jesus. We'd like you to, to let us sit on your right hand in eternity, one of us on your right hand in eternity. And the other one of us, we want to sit on your left hand. We want to be, we want to be important forever want to be recognized. The other disciples hear about it, and <laughs> the story tells us they were indignant. And Jesus tells uh, these things, shares these words with them from Mark chapter 10 and verses 42 and 43. Trinity, help me here. Calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it's not that way among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your 
servant. Whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. And then verse number 45. Well, I think maybe that's already got verse 45 in it. No. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. We've talked about our culture here at, a at our church. We're going to add a third ingredient tonight. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to hear what you want to say to your church. Help us to hear what you want to say to us, this church, tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Third ingredient of the air we breathe at the neighborhood church. Are you ready? We, we are going to be the greatest people in the world. That's what we're going to be. We are going to be the greatest people in the world. We've talked about the air we're going to breathe, the culture around here. We're going to be a culture that exalts and enjoys God. We're going to lift up his name in worship. We're going to lift him up in our lifestyles. We're going to be people who are absolutely delighted in the opportunity to be Christians. We are going to exalt and enjoy God. And we're going to be a people who outdo one another in showing honor. We're going to be competitive in honoring each other around here. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, New Living Translation. We are going to outdo one another in showing honor. And now we even elevate it a little higher. We are going to be the greatest people in the world. Let me go back to honor for a moment. Hard to believe that next weekend will be Pastor Barry and Stella's last weekend on staff here at the neighborhood. We want to honor him, and we want to honor him well. We're going to recognize them and their work and their ministry uh, in our services next weekend. They have served us well. They have served us honorably. And... Uh, we're going to take up an offering next weekend to, to bless him and give them a little bit of a retirement bonus as they begin the journey. So I just invite you to come prepared to do something a little bit extra and let's honor this fine couple uh, in our church. Now here's what I need to ask you to do. We're only going to take up one offering. You need to use your offering envelope or you need to use your memo line and just uh, put on the offering envelope or the memo line, second offering. Second offering. Uh, and we'll take that second offering and use it towards uh, blessing Pastor Barry in his retirement uh, journey. We are thankful for them. We are thankful for them. So we're going to be the greatest people in the world. When people come in here and they smell the air, they smell the culture, what they're going to be breathing in is this, wow, 
these are great people. They're not fighting for recognition. They're not fighting for prestige. They're not fighting to, for control. These people, wow, they're great people. Do you see how they are serving one another? We are going to be the greatest people in the world. And who are these great people? Well, these are people who have learned how to be servants. Such a consistent theme in Scripture. Matthew 26, in the last half of the verse, Matthew 26, whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wants to be great shall just decide to be a servant. We're going to be the greatest people in the world. We're going to choose, even tonight, to be servants. Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. If you want to be humbled, if you want to land with your head straight down on the cement, all smushed up, you just keep trying to get exalted. If you want God's blessing on your life, if we want God's blessing on our church, we choose to be servants. Just like honoring requires humility, serving requires humility. Luke chapter 22 and verse number 26. Luke 22 and verse number 26. Comparing to the way the world operates and the world functions, uh, Jesus says, it's not going to be this way with you. The one who is greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like the servant. We have three sons. I watched how our youngest got treated. The other two shot pucks at him. They were the shooters. He was the one who absorbed the pain because he was the youngest. The kingdom of God, we will be like the youngest. And the leaders will be servants. Leaders will be servants. Pastor from Alabama went to a community called Plains, Georgia. And he attended Maranatha Baptist Church in Plains, Georgia. And he read the bulletin. So this was a few years back. Obviously wasn't COVID. And he read in the bulletin this statement. This Saturday, Rosalind Carter will be cleaning the church and Jimmy Carter will be coming to cut the grass and trim the hedges. Former president of the United States of America <laughs> has a church he belongs to 
and he's still coming to cut the grass and trim the hedges and his wife is coming to scrub out the toilets. You wonder why God allows some people to be exalted to certain positions. I can't figure out the present reality, but why some people get exalted, it's because they have learned to walk in in humility. I think it would have been very easy for me to say, <laughs> I, uh, I used to be the president, you know, I'll just give him the offering. I'm not going to cut grass anymore. The greatest people in the world, the greatest people in the world are ones who have learned to be servants. So that's what we're going to be known for at the neighborhood church. We're going to serve. Professor of homiletics at a seminary uh, declared one day a uh, preaching day, and he kind of said, here's how we're going to do it. You're all going to be spaced to walk to a classroom down the hallway, and you are going to preach a sermon in that uh, hallway, and you're going to preach about the Good Samaritan. The people in that room are going to look at your sermon, they're going to analyze it, they're going to they're score it. Some of them he gave 10 minutes to get to the classroom, and some he gave about three minutes to get to the classroom. He said, make sure you start your preaching on time. So 20, 25 or so students that day preached a sermon on the Good Samaritan. The uh, teacher had set up in the hallway a homeless person, a bum, on the pathway from the classroom to the preaching room. And all but a couple of students walked right past him to go preach their sermon <laughs> on the Good Samaritan. We cannot, my friends, be people who are so wrapped up in our activities that we miss opportunities to serve. I, I read this quote this week, and uh, it goes uh, something like this. We must have eyes to see, should be coming up, as well as hands to help, or we may never help at all. We must have eyes to see, as well as hands to help, or we may never help at all. God, help us to see the needs around us. God, help us to see the needs around us. You want to look at greatness? You want to look at greatness? 
look no further than at Jesus. Look no further than to Jesus. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to say, lay down our lives for the brethren. Jesus laid down his life. I, I want us to think about that today. Can you think about that with me? Here is Jesus who was in heaven, was in eternity, sin-free, holy place, and the angels bowed down before him every day and said, Holy, holy, holy. Jesus laid that down to come to earth as a man. But Jesus didn't just come to earth as a man. Jesus came to earth as a man who was a servant, took upon himself the form of a servant. And he wasn't just some ordinary servant. He was a servant who washed people's feet. And not only did he wash people's feet, he let people spit on them. He got beat up. But not only did he get spit upon and beat up, he went to the cross. He had nails nailed in his hands and in his ankles. He died a terrible death. Jesus laid himself down. Servants lay themselves down. Why did Jesus lay himself down? Why did he give up all the prestige, all the recognition? Why did he give up heaven? Why did he walk away from holy? Holy, holy, because of his love for the brethren. When we walk in love, when we love the brethren, we realize that that's a call to serve. And nowadays, we come to church, of course not here, but other places. We come to church and we say, well, I don't like that part. What'd they do that for? I didn't like that. I didn't get in. Since when do you come to church to get something? I hope you do. But the attitude we come into things in the kingdom of God is an attitude of, of serving. He came and they served because, and he came, he served because he loved us. We, my friends, are going to be the greatest people in the world 
because we're going to take serving seriously around here. Are you tired of COVID yet? I, uh, I've had people tell me the devil did COVID. I'm not going to analyze that and take that apart and try to figure out how it all got started. But I do know the devil's taken advantage of it. I do know the devil's taken advantage of it. There's nothing he loves more than to see people isolated. He comes to rob and kill and destroy, and there has been so much destruction in this world in 2020. Economic destruction is going to take a long time to recover from. And unless you are eternally optimistic and just are not in tune to people at all, you sense the oppression in the air. None of those things are gifts from God. All of those things are devilish. And, and I'm going to stretch you here, and, but I'm not trying to anger you. Trust me. But one of the things that I've heard is happening in the Church of Jesus Christ during COVID is a thing called volunteer erosion. And not only are, is the church having trouble getting people to come back and sit in the chairs, people are saying, I kind of like this new pace, and I've decided not to serve anymore. The greatest people in the world are servants. The greatest example of serving in the world, the greatest example the world has ever seen of serving, is Jesus who laid it all down to meet us in our need. We, my friends, are going to be a church that swims against the flow of the stream. We are going to serve. To me, one of the most fascinating stories of Scripture centers around the Lord's return to earth, his second coming. The story talks about you need to be ready when he comes. You need to keep your light burning, your lamp burning. And then there's this amazing statement in verse 37 that says uh, Luke chapter 10 
says, sorry, Luke chapter 12, verse 37, blessed are those slaves, those servants, whom the master will find on the alert when it comes. Their light's still burning. Their lamp is still burning. Uh, the verse can come up, I think. I hope we got it. Verse 37. Truly I say to you <laughs> that when the master comes, Jesus is actually talking about himself, he will gird himself to serve, have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. What's Jesus going to do? <laughs> he not only came down to this world to serve us, when we meet him in eternity, he's still going to be serving. He's going to be waiting on us while we recline and probably have the best meal we've ever had in our lives. Our wonderful Lord has modeled it for us. The air we need to breathe at the neighborhood church, the air we're going to breathe. an air that includes a deep commitment to serving one another. We're going to be servants. We're going to be servants. So two questions as I wrap up and worship band, you can come and get ready to lead us in some continued worship. First question, and, and this is really the important one tonight. Have you made a decision to serve God? Have you made a decision to serve God? That's the fundamental question of life and faith. You see, everybody serves someone. Everybody serves something. Some people serve the pursuit of money. Some people serve the pursuit of prestige and power and control and position. Some people serve their jobs. Some people serve themselves. But the Christian is a person who has made the decision to serve God. Have you made that decision? Have you made the decision that you're going to use your life down here to serve God. Most important Christian, that's what identifies us as Christians. We are servants of God. Have you made the decision to serve God? And then the second question for those of us who have decided to serve God is have you decided to be a great Christian? Have you decided to be a great Christian? You see, great Christians are people who have made the decision to live their lives as servants. A 
May God stir our hearts. May God stir our hearts to live as servants. Sometimes it's as simple as as handing somebody out a big wide smile when they're on their way into the church. I know it's a little hard to see it sometimes now, but serve one another with a a big smile. Serve as a greeter, serve as an usher, serve as a person who helps us with our audio visual ministry, with our sound. Serve in the church nursery. Serve in kids' ministry. Open your home to host a neighborhood group. Lead a group. We're just going to be known as people who serve, 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 serve. But we're, friends, not going to make the mistake. We're not going to make the mistake of just serving one another. We're going to serve our community. The greatest among us serve. We're going to serve our community. Every community needs some guys to step up, and gals can do it too. My wife did. Volunteer to be a coach for t-ball or softball. Every community needs coaches. Christians, we need to be there. We're having a a civic election not far down the road, and my heart is crying out that God would raise up some servants in the body of Christ who say, I care so much about the kids of this city, I'm going to let my name stand for the school board. We need to be serving our community, my friends. The greatest among us serve. The greatest among us serve. May God help us to determine that that's the kind of people we are all going to be. The air we breathe around here is going to be an air that is filled with exaltation and enjoyment of God. Nobody, friends, is looking for miserable people to hang out with. Nobody. We're going to exalt and enjoy God. We're going to honor one another. It takes humility to do that. And we're going to serve one another. May God, by His Spirit, speak to us. I ask you to stand now. I ask you to stand now, and before Chelsea begins to lead us, Could we just take a minute across the sanctuary and maybe make a commitment to not be like the world? Wants to control, wants to have recognition, wants to sit at the right hand of the chairman of the board. Because maybe then you can become the chairman of the board. No, all we want to do is serve. God help us. Just take a moment and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And then Chelsea will lead us.
We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.